0: Well, howdy, neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Park of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org.
1: I'm Tim Akers with Acres Cattle from Iola, Texas. You're listening to latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today.
3: Hello, Texas. We've got another week rolling, and I've got another episode rolling for you of Texas Ag Today. All you've gotta do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're gonna take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, national sorghum producers approves of the one-year farm bill extension. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name's Kerry Martin, I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. and We're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture, from the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos, and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley.
4: For the past two or three years, higher production costs have been a major challenge for those in agriculture. I'm James Hunt and coming up on Texas Ag Today, We'll talk about inflation from a pork producer's perspective.
5: Voting is underway nationwide in Farm Service Agency County Committee elections. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have more in my report on Texas Ag
0: today. We have had a pleasant early November and hoping that trade continues. Dr. Shai McClellan, and I'll have more from Waco.
3: We'll have those stories plus Texas Wildlife News and a complete look at the markets all coming up. National Sorghum Producers approves of the one-year farm bill extension being worked on in Washington. Tim Lust is the CEO of the group based out of Lubbock.
4: It's where we were at in the process. It's the next logical step, and, and now we got to keep going. I don't think anybody wants to stay where we are. They want to get a new bill and, and want to make improvements to it. Uh, but there were just a lot of practical challenges. Um, obviously, agriculture has not been alone in some of these challenges, been a lot of challenges with getting anything past uh, this, this year. So we'll continue to, to jump in and see where it goes next spring. It is an election year next year, so uh, that will add its own dynamic and its own challenges, particularly as we get further into the summer and fall uh there but uh it's something i think that uh this will give give the committees time to to get the products ready and uh, hopefully be able to get out and uh, get through the process in here in 24.
3: lust says the sorghum industry will continue to work with other commodity groups to strengthen the farm safety net to help farmers deal with rising input costs it has been another tough year for texas peanut growers
6: According to the Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service, back-to-back seasons of drought have weighed on farmers. Those who were able to keep their crop irrigated through the drought were able to maintain and produce average yields per acre. But those farmers who could not irrigate and keep up with moisture demands suffered another rough season. AgriLife reports 13 to 14,000 acres of the 230,000 acres of peanuts planted in Texas this year were lost to drought. AgriLife reports the rains that many areas received in May and June delayed peanut planting this year and the drought delayed crop progress, which delayed peanut harvest. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel.
3: Texas has another case of highly pathogenic avian influenza. The Texas Animal Health Commission received confirmation of HPAI in a backyard, non-commercial, non-poultry flock in Ellis County. The National Veterinary Service Laboratory confirmed the detection on November 14th. The mixed flock of various waterfowl, chickens, and turkeys was experiencing death loss and sick birds. The premises is under quarantine at this time, while the Texas Animal Health Commission is working closely with federal animal health officials on a joint response. With recent detections in Texas wild waterfowl and an uptick in bird flu cases across the country, strong biosecurity practices should be put in place for both commercial and backyard flocks. Higher production costs have been a major challenge for production agriculture. James Hunt takes a look at how it's affecting the Texas pork industry.
4: I had the opportunity recently to visit with the executive director of the Texas Pork Producers Association, Colby Ferguson. We talked about the current state of economics for the pork business, and Ferguson says for our pork farms in the Texas panhandle, just like for so many other businesses across the country, inflation has been a major challenge.
7: Anytime your cost of doing business goes up, you either need to be more efficient at doing it, or you need to raise your prices. Well, when you're in a commodity agricultural business like we are in in the swine industry, you can't just jack up the price of pork in the grocery store. It just won't work because people won't buy it. So you have to become more efficient. You have to find ways to raise the pork in a less expensive way so you don't have to jack the prices up in the grocery store. And so if you look at the amount of inflation that happened in agriculture, and compared it to the increase in the price at the retail market, they don't correlate at all. One's like 41% increase in production cost, but only about a 16 to 18% increase in retail cost. So somebody had to eat that cost along the way. And unfortunately, a lot of our producers have done that.
4: When it comes to the inflationary pressure that pork producers face, feed costs have been a big issue. But Ferguson says there appears to be some light at the end of the tunnel.
7: We see the price of corn and soybeans in 2024. The futures are coming down, which in turn means the price of feed is going to come down to feed these animals, which reduces our cost and gives us more of a margin.
4: Once again, that was Colby Ferguson with the Texas Pork Producers Association. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
3: Voting is underway across Texas in the Farm Service Agency's county committee elections. Tom Nicoletti has that story.
5: The annual election cycle for the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Farm Service Agency county committees has started. The elections here in Texas and nationwide take place through December 4th. Here is FSA Administrator Zach Ducheneau.
8: The FSA is unique in all of the federal government in that it does have producer-based county committees to help with the delivery and implementation of the policy decisions that are made within the 52 programs in the Farm Service Agency.
5: 7,700 producers serve on more than 2,200 county Farm Service Agency committees across the United States.
8: County committees are comprised from 3 to 11 elected members from their local administrative areas, and each member will serve a three-year term. County committees are local act producers who help ensure fair and equitable administration of FSA programs in their county or their multi-county jurisdiction. And they're under the general supervision of the appointed state committee, and they really serve as the eyes and ears of the producers who elected them.
5: FSA County committee members are involved heavily in the decision-making process and at the local level.
8: They are the supervisor, in fact, of the county executive director. They'll weigh heavily in the decisions that are made with regard to selection of new CEDs.
5: That is Farm Service Agency Administrator Zach Ducheneau. Elected county committee members will be sworn into office on January 1st, 2024. For more information about Farm Service Agency county committees or the county committee nomination and election process, go to USDA's website at fsa.usda.gov elections. Also, you can stop by your FSA local county office. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
3: November has been a pleasant month so far in central Texas. Dr. Shane McClellan has this update from Waco. After the last few years of extreme either dust or mud, and really no in-between
0: for our central Texas weather. Our early November weather has been nice. Cooler weather with some scattered showers and just moisture in general. Those Friday night football games have been cool and wet. That's a nice change after the heat and long dry spell that we endured this year. Rainfall amounts have varied across our region, but everyone has got at least one good soaking rain. Bosque County to our east did have some flood-type rains that don't provide enough recharge water to even fill Lake Waco. Uh, it went from 54% full to 100% full just in a couple of days. Now I still have cracks in the ground in my pasture. Those recent rains have helped ryegrass and oats germinate and grow. These livestock grazing forages will need another rain soon to promote growth. It's going to take more soaking rains to replenish our deep soil moisture that we will need to get through our really hot, extreme, dry summer months. Um, but we are much better off than we were 30 days ago. Still hearing a few reports of isolated armyworm outbreaks. These cooler temperatures and wet weather should keep those poll- populations down below an economic threshold. But all it's going to take is a little bit of sunshine and some nice weather, and those populations can explode. But it is important that producers be on the lookout for worms if our weather does become nice. We have had three light frost events in our area. Two of them were back to back, and the second one really set back our warm season forages, depending on your elevation, protection from the wind, the variety of the forage, even growth stage. Some forages were burned back harder than others from the cold freezing temperatures. Wheat for grain harvest will go into the ground soon as our soils dry up enough really to just to let equipment into the fields. There will be a push to get seed in the ground. So I hope everyone will be cautious out there on the byways and highways as our farmers are moving the equipment, filling boxes, moving seed. Um, and that will probably continue until we get done and it might be as, as late as early December. This is Dr. Shane McClellan from
9: Waco with Texas Ag Today.
6: The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department has confirmed a case of chronic wasting disease in East Texas. I'm Jessica Domell, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today.
3: And a lot of interesting research has been done on microbes in the equine intestine. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag
10: Today. Well, howdy,
0: neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Department of Ag Culture Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org.
2: We're keeping you informed on everything happening
3: in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. A lot of interesting research has been done on microbes in the equine intestine. Dr. Bob Judd has more on that research.
9: Marcia Costa with the University of Montreal indicates in the horse publication that there are hundreds of trillions of microbes that play a role in your horse's health. Cornell researchers first studied the microbiome of the equine stomach in 2012 and found it differs from one horse to another. Also, different regions of the GI tract had different combinations of microorganisms depending on the location. Disruptions in the healthy microbiome might affect pH levels, and how the digestive system breaks down plants and changes in the microbiome may even lead to colic. The researchers even found small but specific changes in the gut microbiomes of horses with asthma, especially when switching between dry hay and pasture. But this does not mean that this is causing the disease. Rather, it indicates lung inflammation affects other body parts and is part of the gut-lung axis. The gut microbiota might also affect other body parts, including mental processes, such as learning and behavior. And Costa indicates there is constant communication between the gut and the brain. This could be a reason horses and donkeys produce loose feces when they are stressed. And researchers are already looking at the link between the intestinal biome of people and depression, anxiety, and other mental disorders. Some studies have shown an association between the gut microbiome and behavior in horses. Realize these are only preliminary studies, but it is possible that changing the microbiome of horses, as well as other animals and even people, could contribute to improving physical and mental health. I'm Dr. Bob Judd on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department has confirmed a case of
3: chronic wasting disease in East Texas. Jessica Domal has the details in today's wildlife report.
6: The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department has confirmed the first case of chronic wasting disease in Cherokee County in East Texas. According to the department, a four-year-old buck in a deer breeding facility tested positive through post-mortem testing as part of the facility's annual surveillance requirements. Earlier this month, TPWD staff told the Parks and Wildlife Commission there was a presumptive positive in the county and discussed the potential for the creation of a CWD surveillance. Zone there. The department is proposing a two-mile surveillance zone around the deer breeding facility. The zone, if implemented, would encompass about 13,000 acres and 436 properties southeast of Jacksonville. The proposal to create the zone will be published in the Texas Register, opening up a public comment period. The Parks and Wildlife Commission will consider creation of the zone and two others at a future meeting. The other CWD surveillance zones being proposed are in Kimball and Medina counties. The CWD zone in Kimball County would be established near the Kimball and Edwards County line southwest of Junction. It would impact 83 properties and about 90,000 acres. The proposed zone in Medina County would be southwest of Dunlay. That zone would impact about 21,000 acres and 110 landowners. There are more than a dozen chronic wasting disease surveillance and containment zones in the state. Those surveillance zones come with movement restrictions for deer breeders and a requirement for deer hunters to bring any CWD-susceptible species they harvest to a CWD check station within 48 hours of harvest. A list of the zones and check stations is available in the Outdoor Annual. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domal
3: it's time to check the markets we'll be back with a complete look at the livestock cotton grain energy and financial markets coming up next keep it right here on texas ag today
0: neighbors, Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Park of Coaches Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org.
2: We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today.
6: Live cattle traded lower on Monday. Buyer support over the weekend after Friday's release of the cattle on feed report led to active trade and market shifts early in the morning on Monday, but those early gains did not hold. December live cattle down 27 cents to 175.47. February live cattle down 15 cents to 176.65. April live cattle up 30 cents to 178.72. Feeder cattle traded mostly higher Monday due to that cattle on feed report. The report released Friday showed lower than expected cattle placements. November feeder cattle down 73 cents to 228.64. January feeder cattle up $1.35 to 229.85. March feeder cattle up $1.32 to 232.30. Boxed beef was higher. Choice up $2.28 to $296.15. Select up $1.77 to $272.41. Now, let's check those livestock auctions. We're walking the pins with Larry Marble.
7: My friend Klein Speer from Southwest Livestock Exchange Uvalde sells sheep and goats on Tuesday, cattle on Thursday. Klein, how did your last sale before the Thanksgiving holiday turn out? Going
1: well, there. we had 376 head today. A little lighter, kind of as expected with the rain around. Uh, overall, the Packer Cow bull market was pretty much steady. The good yearlings I thought, were steady. The lighter calves, probably 4 to $6 better on them. Uh, lots of demand out there today, pretty active market. Choice steers dollar seventy to two thirty five, lightweights two ten to two ninety. Choice heifers dollar ninety five to two twenty five. Those lightweights dollar ninety five to two seventy. Crossbred steers dollar seventy five to two thirty. Those lightweights dollar ninety five to two seventy. Crossbred heifers dollar seventy five to two twenty. Those lightweights dollar eighty to two sixty. Stocker cows dollar $1.00 to a dollar forty. Those packer bulls dollar $1.00 to a dollar fourteen. Breaker cows ninety to a dollar seven. and canners seventy eight to eighty eight. Those shelly cows. $1.00 to $1.00 to $1.00. 30 to 55 I had kind of some plain pairs day, thousand to fourteen hundred on them and the bread cows thousand to fifteen hundred
7: good what do we know for next week
1: we'll be closed next week no sheep and goat sale no cattle sale we'll be back that following tuesday um we will have somebody on call if you get something caught during that week and need somewhere to bring it and bring them on in we'll have uh feed and water and everything here and we'll be glad to take them and keep them till the next sale if you uh, get some work while maybe you got a little help in town
7: good tell everybody how to get a hold of you
1: Call us at the office, 830-278-5621, or my cell phone,
7: 830-591-3241. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Larry. And Texas neighbor, thank you, too, for listening to Walk in the Pins here on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. That was Klein Spear, Southwest U Valley. I'm Larry Marble from the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, and you're our neighbor. Neighbor, you're listening to us right this second on Texas Ag Today.
6: Lean hogs were lower Monday on lower cash hog values. December lean hogs down 62 cents to 70.35. February lean hogs down 40 cents to 75.05. Block cheese was unchanged Monday at a dollar 60. Barrel cheese fell a nickel to a dollar 51. Dryway was down 3 quarters of a cent to 40.25 cents. November class 3 milk up 2 cents to 17.15 100 weight. December class 3 milk down 23 cents to 16.41 a weight. We saw double digit losses in the cotton market on Monday as traders exit or were adjusting their position for this holiday week. Uh, the market is closed on Thursday for Thanksgiving and there will be a partial session on Friday according to DTN. DTN reports that The cotton market was also impacted by news of a new net short position that sent some bullish traders towards the door. December cotton down 95 points to 77.97. March cotton down 26 points to 81.25. May cotton down 23 points to 81.96. Corn traded higher on Monday on export sales that were higher than last year and a lower U.S. dollar. December corn up two and a half to 469 and a half. March corn up two and a quarter to 487 and a half. May corn up one and three quarters to 497 and three quarters. December hard red wheat down seven and a half to 610 and a half. March hard red wheat down seven and a quarter to 620 and a quarter. May hard red wheat down six and a half to 626 and a half. January soybeans were up 27 today to 1367 and a quarter. Analysts say that trade was supported by strength in bean oil futures. December natural gas down 7 cents to 288. January natural gas down 7 cents to 305. Crude oil traded higher today, according to Reuters, that is due to expected supply cuts in OPEC plus production. December crude oil up $1.39 to $77.28. January crude oil up $1.59 to $77.63 a barrel. The Dow up 229 points to 35,176. The S&P 500 up 35 points to 4,549. The NASDAQ up 155 points to 14,280. Well, that wraps up this look at the markets and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. We hope you join us next time for the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Jessica Domel and I hope to see you then.
2: Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify.